Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Dr. E's Highway to Health Show. I'm your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy. And today I'm here with my good friend and colleague, Dr. George Safra. Dr. Safra is a UK-based aesthetic and anti-aging physician and baser liposurgeon. He's medical director of Safra Medical in Bristol, England. He has an international educational background with a master's degree in aesthetic medicine from the Universitat de Barcelona in Barcelona, Spain. He's an active member and fellow of the World Academy of Medical Science and the Royal Society of Medicine in London, England. George, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for inviting me, Dr. E. I'm really happy to be part of the first episode of your show, and I'm really looking forward to being invited for many more. So uh, please carry on. Let me know what I can be of help today. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great pleasure to have you. And I'm sure that, you know, all of our listeners are also going to be able to get a lot of very valuable information from you and your expertise. Speaking of which, how long have you been doing aesthetic medicine? I would say that I've been actually doing this since I began medicine, like studying as a bachelor, because it's always been my interest. So every time, you know, when we're learning biochemistry, when we're learning um, surgery, when anything, I was always looking to uh, ways to improve, you know, my future patients. If I ever finished medicine when I was a bachelor, um, uh, how to do something for, for them in the aesthetic side without going into, you know, um, something fake, without being, you know, offering something unrealistic. So. I would say since 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 2000 when you know when when we started uni. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's that's quite a bit, huh? We've now that you mentioned we've known each other. <laughs> yeah, so two decades, huh? That's that's closing in on two decades. Great. So tell me something. You just close mentioned to tw- 20 years. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you just you just mentioned something that's that's interesting and that's in I'm sure in the minds of a lot of our of our listeners. And there seem to be two camps, the people who are very interested and they don't care about looking, you know, fake or looking uh, plastic with, you know, and plastic surgery and all these different things. And, and, and there seems to be a big, a large population of people, large group of people who are, who, who thoroughly dislike that. It's not that they don't want to look better or improve their looks. It's just that they're so turned off by this fake look. That that they simply don't don't move forward, don't don't change anything in their appearance. Um, and from what you're saying is, you know, you've you've been working and you you've been you've been helping a lot of these of these women and men, of course, um, to improve their looks. Is this is this correct? Yes, that is totally correct. Um, I think um, since I've you know um, managed to finish the master's degree in aesthetic medicine. Um, my main focus was to offer, um, you know, patients, uh, men and women, um, a, a realistic approach to obtain a natural natural beauty. So I think that is kind of like part of our motto of, of the clinic, you know, um, which I will be telling you as we go on. But um, the thing here, and uh, 
you know, now society is a bit too, let's say, overwhelmed by social media, celebrities, actors, actresses, and, you know, they want to look like this one or that one. And the approach that, that there is in the, in the U.S. and the approach that you have, for example, in France and Spain or in the U.K. is very different. So what patients want in each of the countries is very different. So I've been fortunate to, you know, practice in um, various countries and seen what, what patients want in each one of them. And it does change quite a lot. I'm, I'm sure that you, you'll see that in the States, that it's, you know, quite, quite different than what you might expect from Europe. Yeah. So what, what do you think, what would you think, or what would you say is probably the most important difference of what a patient would seek or would be interested in here stateside in terms of cosmetic and, and appearance improving and in the UK? Well, um, in the UK and the US, uh, actually the UK follows US trends. So it will be more of uh, Europe uh, that will be following different trends uh, to, compared to the US and the UK. Um, so I've been speaking with colleagues of mine that, you know, that um, also are currently, um, you know, practicing in the States and also back here in, in, in the UK and, and Europe. And they were telling me of how uh, patients in the U.S. Uh, let's say their approach is a bit more over the top sense. You know, like we we can talk about lips. You know, and the lips are you know big. You know, they're like very in your face. They're like, yeah, you know what? I have money, so I'm gonna you know put two, three, four mils of demo filler in my lips. You know, and look like, and it'll be, and it'll show. Whether in, for example, France, uh, Spain, it will be more of a more subtle approach. You know, I want to look natural. I want to look, you know, better or as I was when I was younger, but not fake. And that is kind of like what I also try to share my social media and my social media, you know, we kind of like focus on, we, we do use the example of celebrities, but I use the example of celebrities that have aged naturally, beautifully, you know, probably they have had some enhancements but they still look natural in, in, in their own way. So that's what I you know, like to promote. So when I have patients you know, asking for something very, let's say, ridiculous, and, I, and I'm very blunt, and I tell them, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, you tell me, so you want like that? And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't do that because you know, I don't want for you to be walking in the street and saying, you know, Dr. Safra did this. And I'm like, no, it's like, no, this is, so I try to walk them through, you know, uh, more natural approach to their beauty. And I think, well, actually, not I don't think it's like most of them, you know, have, have gone, it's like more than 95%, you know, uh, accept that, that guidance because I think we are a tool, you know, we, we have the knowledge we, and we, we, we have the expertise. Um, so we are a tool, you know, that more patients can use to achieve their goals. And that's, I think, what we should be, you know, guidance, you know, to help them achieve that, not, not, let's say, a, pro, a service provider that, you know, they come to you and they ask for, you know, I want to look like this and you do it. No, you should also have your, your say in, you know, and that's why I think that's what we studied for, you know, to give them that, that guidance and that level of, uh, you know, proper medical treatment. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think, I think this is a very... A very interesting uh, point that you touch that you make uh, in terms of 
us as as physicians, as, as, as doctors, to have to be, or, you know, we should be, not have to, but, but we should be the guide for many of these patients. And, and, and that's the thing that we see lacking a lot of times. Either we have, you know, the, 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 the doctors that are very commanding and like, this is the way that you, that you have to do these things and they don't explain, they don't share, they don't, they don't elaborate on that. Or, or you have the other ones that like you're saying, you know, that they will just go ahead and, and, and do whatever the patient requests, whether it is what, what's most convenient for them or not. And, and I think this is a very important distinction I think uh, that's been a bit of a, you know, the reason that I have that kind of like approaches because in my, um, besides being an aesthetic physician, I'm also a, well, a, a GP, a general practitioner, a family uh, doctor, as might be called in the States. So um, obviously um, I've been giving consultations in general practice, you know, for years. And so you know, you are dealing there with diabetes, you know, with uh, cardiovascular diseases, you know, with elderly patients, with kids, with everything. So you, you are listening to them. You know, you are looking into a wider spectrum of the, you know, of the whole human, um, let's say, aging process, you know, uh, and, you know, the illnesses that, that you come about. So when that patient comes to me, uh, for aesthetic treatments, that, that is the only thing I do now, um, I do focus on the whole person. And I think that's what some um, other uh, colleagues of ours, you know, might be losing out because maybe their approach is purely, you know, aesthetic. So they, they lose on getting to know their patients into um, what is the real reason of, of that improvement. So uh, listening to the patients, you know, understanding why they, what they want, you will get better results. They will be happy. You will be happy. So it has to be, let's say, we're going to fall into that word that, you know, now it's been used a bit too much and too loosely, the holistic approach of medicine, you know. And, you know, they always ask for that. Oh, but at least here in Europe, they're always like, oh, is it, are you looking into the biopsychosocial side of the patient? Well, you should. You should in, in aesthetic medicine because it is a huge part of it. Can you break it down for listeners? What is, what is this biopsychosocial uh, approach? Because I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, that most of our patients once you break it down, they will say like, oh yeah, that, that sounds like the kind of doctor that I want to go to. Uh, but unless we break it down, maybe many of them might not understand it. Yeah, well, um, as a GP, as a general practitioner, as a doctor here, they, uh, when you are um, going through your studies and specialty, you know, you have to understand the patient, that the patient is uh, not only the illness, not only the anatomy, not only the physiology, that will be, you know, the biological side of the patient. You're not only that. You also have the social part because that the individual also interacts in a social environment, and that social environment will affect their health. And then the psychological, how they're with their biological, with their social their psychological health is also important now you know mental health is so important and how you know assessment of uh, body dysmorphic disorder before having any treatment is so important um, you have to have a ground knowledge you know to understand a, a patient's you know psychological state before you know committing to um, you know 
giving any procedures to, to any patients, you know, or to guide them in a way to, to say, you know, what well, maybe you don't need this treatment because you need this other help. And that is a part, you know, that as doctors, we have to take really, really serious, you know, and, you know, remember that we have that even despite if it's, you know, a botulinum toxin injection or dermal filler injection, we still have to, you know, care for the overall health of our patients. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that, that, that is so important. Um, you know, when I, when I started my career as well, and uh, before going into regenerative medicine, they spent, they spent a few years, as, as you well know, um, and some of our listeners might know, and uh, doing a lot of cosmetic uh, procedures as well. Um, and, and, and that is definitely something that, that is so important for you to mention and for you to spend time on, uh, because it's incredibly valuable to your patients. And that's the difference between going to somebody whose job is just to inject you know, dermal filler or botulinum toxin or any, any of these different products and going to a doctor for these things because a doctor will, will you know, at least in theory, uh, supposed to be looking at all these different aspects and, and might help a patient discern whether they actually require that treatment or not and whether it's the right approach or not. So so that's, that's incredibly valuable. And it brings me on to another thing that I definitely wanted to ask you. Now that you're saying that you focus on your patients as a whole person and not just as a face, for instance, that you're going to treat or that you're going to get rid of a, a couple of lines or wrinkles. What else are you, are you doing with your patients other than, than, than the treatments themselves? I know that, that you do a couple of things both before and after. So what are these different areas that you focus on when your patients see you? Yeah, well, um, we do. It's like uh, when it comes to the door, you kind of like, Always people find us through social media that I would say that we post less than 10% of what we do. It's very little what we post. And that is, there's a reason because um, the only things I post will be from patients, real patients of mine. We don't use any stock uh, photography that a lot of um, companies will provide to different, you know, with, for anybody to do certain treatments with stock photography so that they can help them out with their you know, with their marketing over the social media. Uh, I don't, and these are all patients of mine, so therefore consent for the, um, the befores and afters is fully obtained, and they're actually happy, and they actually will share them on their own, and they will say, you know, here it is, you know, I want to go on it, you know, I'm really happy to do it, but I will never ask for that. It's usually, it goes, it comes from my patients, and I'm, and you know, respecting their privacy, respecting that, you know, is so important because, you know, I know some uh, patients that have actually left other practitioners because they said, you know, I went to somebody else, and even if it's a lip, you know, that you don't have any recognizable feature there because uh, they have used it, and that they felt that it was a violation of their privacy, which Absolutely. is something that. I will never, you know, do, and you know, I will always protect really, really deeply. So when they come in, you know, they have a idea of what they want, and I'm like, okay, so, so tell me, well, what would you like? And you know, yeah, the common ones will be, you know, get rid of some wrinkles, uh, you know, maybe some lips, you know, maybe a little, you know, they want this, this or that, you know, done really on the face. Usually, it's face, and then I'm like, okay, so when we finish, okay, so this is what you want. It's I will never tell them, okay, you know, this is, you also have this, you should also get that. Only if they ask me, you know, would, is there anything else? I'm like, well, tell me 
the most important thing is for me to know. So what do you ask your patients? Usually I would ask them, is there anything that's bothering you that you think that can't be improved? And that's when, you know, I, you know, they will just, you know, elaborate, you know, it can be something as simple as a little mole, you know, that, you know, they might have 10 moles on the face, you know, and I might, and I might be seeing, I might be seeing, you know, directly one that central facial and I'm thinking, okay, this one should get, should go, but no, it might be a very tiny little one that's in, let's say in the corner of the cheek where you know barely seen but that's the one that's bothering them gotcha and i'll say would you be if you would you be happy if that goes yes well okay that's the one that's gonna go that goes and they're happy so you know you have to listen to your patient you have to ask them what they want what will they be happy with and that that will give you the you know a result because what you want what we you know uh, i would I think you agree with me is that you, you want your patients to be happy, you know, with you, with your treatments, you know, and, and if they need something else to come back. And if, you know, they're happy with that to tell your friends. Absolutely. You know, yeah, friends. Well, that's, that's, that's the whole point of it. Um, you know, back in the day, doctors used to, used to normally get their patients that way. It was called, you know, it's word of mouth. And, and it was because patients were happy and satisfied so that they would say, listen, you know what, you have to go see this doctor. And, and it seems like today, especially here in the U.S., many of these doctors have become what, or have had to turn to what we call checkbox medicine, you know, where they're, where they're growingly, uh, increasingly spending less and less time with their patients because they have so many other things to do in terms of, you know, charting and, 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 and filling out paperwork that they simply don't have time to, to, to continue with their patients. And it's no wonder that we're seeing a lot more and more dissatisfied patients, people who feel like they go into a doctor's office for whatever the reason, and and they feel like they weren't listened to, they feel like they weren't, um, you know, that, that there wasn't enough attention paid to them. They felt even a lot of times just another number that arrived at the office because they feel so, so cold and impersonal. And I think that, that regardless of what area, what specialty, what field in medicine, healthcare in general, um, that, that you're focused on, I think it's very, very important to really keep that in mind that we're dealing with people and patients are the one kind of client that does not want to be a client. Nobody goes to a doctor's office because they want to. They go to a doctor's office because they need to. So, so it's very important to have that emphasis and to empathize with them. And I think you're doing a great job by recognizing that and that making sure that the rest of your staff knows that. Um, so I do want to uh, recognize you for that. And it's incredibly valuable. Hopefully a lot more doctors will start adopting this and it's going to become more and more mainstream in medicine. So, before we move on to something else, I also did want to ask you, I'm sure that you get this question a lot from your patients, especially women patients. What else can I do to really get the most out of my treatments? What creams can I do? What should I do every day? So if you were to give a one or two or a couple of actionable takeaways for our listeners during this episode in terms of improving and maintaining their looks, their skin, their health in general, what would those be? Well, um, the main one that that is that is a very very good good question because um, usually you know after you explain the treatment you said okay this and that they always ask and what cream should I use and I'm like no creams 
I am not. I will. I, I. I don't recommend any particular brands. I don't have any conflict of interest with any brand at all, and that is also another thing that we don't we don't share on social media. We don't advertise any in any brand, and I will not do it on a consultation. Um, we don't sell it. Well, we don't sell any cosmeceuticals either. That's also something that we don't do. Um, but you know, I can guide you into what they should do. And the only thing I ask them is the only thing in the main thing you should do is a sunscreen and i gave a lecture of about uh, the impact of the sun on the skin and vitamin d because it's something that people forget about but here in the latitude that we are you know we have the angle of which the sun hits the earth will impact of the absorption of the uh, uv rays and how this uh, correlates to production of vitamin d but also into you know how your skin ages so the main factor for skin aging is the sun, and it's called photo aging. So the main, so if you want to do something, and the main thing you can do, you know, to help your skin is a sunscreen. And the sunscreen is not the one that comes in the in your makeup. I tell them because usually the makeup has a 15 SPF. So I'm like that is nothing. So forget about that one. You have to use a 50. 50, 5-0. Five 5-0, five yes, 5-0. Not 30s, no, it has to be a 50. And that comes from a different, I've been reading dermatology recommendations from Brazil, and they recommend 50. You know, it has to do with, you know, the amount of sun exposure. They are there, they have to do it. You know, they don't have, they don't need any supplement uh, with vitamin D because the amount of sun they will get will be enough that despite they're using uh, SPF 50, they will still convert and they will still have vitamin D enough. That is not the case in the UK, in Europe. You know, everybody needs vitamin D. But, you know, talking about uh, creams, um, sunscreen, that's what they have to use. Sunscreen, SPF 50 uh, every day. Yes, every day. And people will apply it in the morning, but forget to reapply. If you want to have a proper uh, effect or protection, you have to reapply. And the reapplication, depending on, you know, what you're doing, if you're, you know, in the sea or you're not, and if you're washing it or there, it, it, it's about every two hours. Wow, every two hours. So what what do women do? I mean, they're wearing makeup because obviously they do the sunscreen and then they do their makeup on top of the sunscreen. So even if it's light makeup, what 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 is your recommendation? Do they wipe the whole thing off and they reapply uh, makeup and sunscreen? That's where it gets a bit tricky for them um, because um, obviously uh, ladies, you know, they, ha they use a moisturizing cream, then they apply the sunscreen and on top of that, they apply the foundation and on top of that, they, they apply some maybe some blushing things or, you know, like, but then what happens, those, you know, those different um, layers will not blend together. Okay. Most of the times, and then uh, a lot of my patients will say, but th then if I apply the sunscreen, then when I apply my foundation, it rolls. My recommendation is find a sunscreen. Yeah, that's a, that's a 50 that has tinted, so it has a foundation. So if you can find a tinted sunscreen that has foundation, it's a good moisturizer, that will be the ideal for you. You know, here in the UK and uh, in Europe, there is a brand that, you know, has, uh, has those those three factors in it so i just say you know the best thing you can do is you know forget about the expensive creams expensive creams the only thing that they have is perfume perfume and it has a 
nice packaging and you know you'll have the little box you know then you can put it on your night uh, table and it'll look nice and then you can put it on smell it and say oh my god yeah this is 80 pounds and it it does wonders yeah after a month you see that there's nothing changed and yeah it's doing nothing well forget about expensive creams find a sunscreen that works for you you know the ideal would be tinted and it's a good moisturizer and it'll it'll do wonders so um i don't know if you can say brands or anything yeah sure of course if you have a, a preferred brand uh you know i don't sell any of those and you are just said that you don't sell any of those so so sure no i don't sell any of those and actually what i tell my patients like oh and can, can i buy some doctor i'm like well no i'm like i don't sell them i should maybe because uh you know i always recommend them <laughs> but i don't i i, I just don't like I, I don't i wasn't you know i didn't try to sell creams i recommend creams but this one so this one's called heliocare it's um from a spanish brand really really good they made their own their own block it's made out of fern so it's actually a bit more natural it's a chemical sunscreen uh when i say chemical there's there's physical and there's chemical types of sunscreens um so this is a chemical uh, type of sunscreen it works really well on uh, all types of skins uh, i personally use it it comes in different tints it comes in a brown in a light and in a sun-kissed version for more of you know darker skin tones there's a brown one and it's not gonna make and it's not gonna make you brown really it blends in really well with your skin so believe me it they'll love it and and it and it's cheap perfect well we'll, we'll... What I'm going to do is I'm going to go on, uh, I'm going to go online, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to see if, if it is available uh, stateside and, uh, and I'll put it in the show notes. I'll add this, I'll add some other, other links of, of, of things that we've discussed. So, so far you mentioned that, that, that sun, uh, you know, sunscreen is, is, is very important, but you also mentioned something about moisturizer. And I do know as well, one thing that is very important that very few of us actually do and it's to wash your face. You know, a lot of people, you go in the, in the shower and whatnot and, and, and you wash maybe a little bit. But a lot of us, if you shower in the morning and then you go to bed and, uh, you know, women, at least they take their makeup off. But for, uh, for a lot of men, we don't even do that. You just go straight in bed, into bed and, uh, you know, everything that your face has been exposed to during, throughout the day is, is, you know, it's just caked there and, and you just, you just take it a bet with you. So do you have any recommendations there? Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, washing your face at night, you know, it is basic, you know, it's like, I would say it's basic skincare, you know, in the morning is, you know, put your sunscreen, you know, moisturize it, you know, and then don't touch it. Do not touch your face. That is something I also remind my patients. Don't touch your face. You know, you, you are touching things in, you know, you uh, that people, you know, hundreds of people might have touched, you know, whether you travel on public transport or you're in an office and all that bacteria will eventually get in your face. Yeah, you don't want that on, on your face. So do not touch your face. Leave your face alone. And then in the afternoon, don't watch it too much. Also, that is something important. There are some people that tend to, you know, go a bit over the top on, on washing the face. You can ex or exfoliate their face, you know, their skin too much. So do not be getting peels or uh, microdermabrasions uh, that often. You know, on a daily basis, you just have to sunscreen in the morning, don't touch your face. And in the evening, 
wash your face because yes, as you as you mentioned, you have all these dirt and grime that you know that's the pollution that's in the, that's in that's in the air. Everything, all of that settles in your skin, clogs up your pores. You know that will trigger a response that your pores will say, "Well, I need I need to breathe." You know, and they'll open up more. And all those toxins will go inside you, so you don't want that. So yes, you must you must wash your face. Perfect. Well, there there you go. That's your actionable step. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get any simpler than this. Uh, you just heard a doctor specialized in cosmetic medicine saying, "Don't go spend your money on very expensive brands because all you're buying is perfume." And, and you're getting this feeling of improvement when in reality, you're just applying a bunch of different chemicals and things. What should you do for everyday skincare? Remember, you know, wash your face, use a moisturizer, stop touching your face every day and wear sunscreen, at least SPF 50. I want to make sure to follow up with Dr. George and uh, get the specific names of the brands that he recommends. He's obviously in the UK, as, as most of you heard. Uh, but I'm going to see if, if those same brands are available stateside. And if not, maybe he and I, we can, we can look at different alternatives uh, to suggest for everyone else that's listening. Um, George, before we wrap up for this episode, where can people find more about you? where everybody finds everything you know it's it's on the web you, you'll find us on uh, a website if you go directly on our website zafromelgo.co.uk uh, um, there you'll have the links to our mailing list if you want to join in it's usually uh, focused on our um, local patients uh, but you'll find also information that might be helpful to you because we always try to make some you know uh, give some tips health health wise you know that's what you can do like we were talking about today um, social media as I said you know it's very very focused on um, you know a bit motivational, uh, you know, what, you know, people that have, you know, started having, you know, aging well. Uh, we also give some tips about health and you also do see some befores and afters, not that many, but yeah, you will see them. Um, and yeah, so you can follow us there. It's quite easy to find me. That will be on Dr. Zafra that you, if you click it all together, you'll find me. And if it's the clinic you want to find Zafra Medical and you'll find us. Yeah. You, you cut off a little bit. It's Dr. Safra, D-O-C-T-O-R-Z-A-F-R-A. And that's on what, social media? Yeah, that's on social media. That will be my personal one. And then you have the clinic one that will be Zafra Medical. Perfect, perfect. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to have links to all of those in the show notes. Uh, everyone, please make sure you go and follow Dr. Safra. Like he said, he you know, there's one thing that they do in, in, in his clinic that I really like. And they share celebrities that we all know, and they share how many of them have actually aged in a way that they call gracefully and beautifully. And, and like he said at the beginning, I'm sure that many of them have had certain enhancements, but none of them look fake. And if you look at the befores and afters, and, and some of them are 25 years ago, 20 years ago, and you can see obviously how they've aged, but you also see that, that they don't they don't seem to have aged the way that the everyday person does. And, and what we're doing is we're bringing all those secrets over here to you and we're, we're delivering them to you. Make sure to follow Dr. Safra at his different uh, social media profiles and ping him directly. Ask him a couple of questions. Uh, he's, he's a great guy, not because I've known him for, for a long time, but, but I can tell you this. And uh, make, sure, make sure that you sign up for his newsletter so that you can 
people learn something more. Uh, they're constantly, you know, not not every day. Uh, you're not going to get bombarded or anything like that. Um, but but you will get a couple of tips, a couple of different uh, treatments that they're currently doing. And obviously, they can weigh in on what's available here stateside if you're not in the UK or if you're not even near Bristol and can go visit him. So um, make sure that you go ahead and do that. And if you have questions for this episode, make sure to visit dre.show, that's D-R-E dot show forward slash ask, or just look and click on the appropriate button and you'll find a way to send your questions about this or any of the other episodes and I'll make sure to address them in future episodes. So once again, George, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's been a great, great pleasure. Any parting words that you'd like to say to our audience? I would just like to thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure and a really enjoyable, you know, it's like um, talk about, you know, some basics about aesthetic medicine, you know, without going into treatments. And I just want to remind everybody that, you know, that everything you see on social media, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. But remember that it is achievable. It is achievable. You know, we have great results. It is a combination of treatments. It will never be one treatment that will deliver all the magic. All the magic is done with inappropriate consultation and the ideal treatment selected for you. So it will not be the machine. It will not be the product. Be the knowledge that will make that magic work. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And I'll catch you in our next episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.